0: Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 213 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And you may notice the listening experience will be a little bit different on your end, but don't worry. It's different on my end, too, and I'll explain both of those, starting with your end. Because we're doing a bit of a solo podcast this time around. I get a little nervous when I have to do these because, you know, I'm so used to having such excellent co-hosts at my side to help further the discussion. But this time around, I decided, let me do a solo show because, as many of you know, I attended an event for The Outer Worlds to play the game Private Division Flew Me Out. And so, what I wanted to do was answer all of your burning questions from both the Patreon Discord as well as twitter what i asked for you guys on twitter my twitter is at g 27 status was to pretty much ask your questions and click like on the ones that seem the most relevant let them bubble to the top so i can get the most pressing ones first and also speaking of the patreon earlier if you want to support the show you just got to flick a buck at us one single dollar gets you early access it also allows you to enter our discord and in that discord you get access to literally one of the best internet communities ever, one of the most nicest, encouraging groups of people I have ever had the pleasure of encountering, and on top of that, you can be a part of the show, I'll be answering Patreon questions at the end of the show, because they actually didn't ask any Outer Worlds related questions, they asked more life stuff, and more outside of game stuff, so we'll be trying to keep some of the similar structure, but this time around, no news, no Carrick and Maddie banter, I told Carrick, you know, look dude, you do three podcasts every Friday, why don't you take one off? It's all right. It doesn't make sense in a a way for him to be on in this episode. Um, I pitched the idea of whether or not he wanted to actually ask me the questions, but he never got back to me. So I said, you know what? I'll just do the solo show, give him the week off, and we'll go from there. So once again, all of your Twitter questions are coming to my handle, at G27Status. If you want to follow me there for hot takes, great gaming opinions, and whatnot and you can also ask me questions about these events but before actually i get into all of that i want to thank you guys so much for the support on the outer worlds content it hasn't been explosive like i'd say events such as fallout 76 and borderlands 3 but that's okay because i know some of the hype for the outer world sort of got died down when people started to realize the travesty that was the epic game store deal and people are very strong on that and i completely respect and understand that but for those that didn't care or like games more than their hatred for the Epic Games Store. Uh, that's where my coverage came in so far. The brutally honest opinion videos, which historically have always done well thanks to your support and your trust in me, more importantly, uh, believing that you know I go in there and I make sure I strip all bias away and I just give you guys the raw, hot opinion right there. Um, and that video is just about to surpass 100,000 views. I really appreciate that. Um, it means the world to, to see... You know, you guys care about my coverage when I when I get my hands on it. I try to make it worth your time when I'm out there. So that's why you guys have been seeing me pump out so much Outer Worlds content, aside from it being relevant. Um, on top of that, we've, we've seen some success with videos like the Level System Guide. The Top 5 videos tend to do well for these event coverages. And it feels good to have a system in place for these types of things because they can be very haphazard and your brain can be all over the place. So a uh, long-winded way of saying... I appreciate you guys so much and thank you for being a part of what I'm doing here. August and September are going to be the biggest months of the year for me. I might be wrong, maybe October and November things really pick up, but these next two months are going to be gigantic for the channel, really, in the terms of announcements and projects that have been underway for multiple years to finally be revealed so i'm really excited with where things are heading a lot of the patrons know about it because a lot of it is thanks to their support over there that's why i always emphasize you guys are just the best community i could ever ask for so and that does not exclude anyone who you know listens for free or just watches videos for free i appreciate you equally just the patrons have made uh some some opportunities for me available that uh, i never thought i could dream of so I'm thinking September is where things are really going to start to pop off. But anyways, for now, thank you guys so much. Let's get on over to your Twitter questions. So we'll start off with just labeling handles and and reading them, and I'll give you guys my thoughts on them. The first one comes from Brandon Bennett, at Brandon Bennett, rather. Uh, Do you think the gameplay has a chance to get repetitive after long sessions? And if so, do you think the storytelling is something that will keep the game interesting and provide a narrative that shouldn't be slept on? Um, And you'll notice some of these questions are very future proof, right? Like a lot of these questions, people want to know, can I buy into this, this or that? You'll notice a trend with that. So I'll try my best to answer that um, as honestly as possible without giving you guys full confirmation because, you know... In this situation where I don't, I did not play the full game, in fact, the, the version I played was not the final product, uh, things can change. But based off your question, does the gameplay have a chance of getting repetitive after long sessions? I personally don't think so, and the reason I say this is because you pick a playstyle in an RPG, and the systems in the Outer Worlds, as I highlighted in my leveling breakdown system, uh, or system breakdown, rather, um They emphasize the way you're playing, and so you're always building upon those systems, and I like that. It's a good feeling to get stronger in an area that you're practicing in. It's like picking up a martial arts, or it's like practicing anything in life, really. You get better as you invest more time into that thing, and it's the same thing in an RPG. As you invest more into a skill, you get better, and The Outer Worlds really emphasizes that. So I don't think the gameplay is going to get repetitive because... Uh, On top of that, there's a lot of ways to play, you know, obviously there's stealth, there's the leader way to play, there's guns blazing, um, and then there's science weaponry, so I think what we have on our hands is is sort of a a New Vegas situation, Um, if the narrative pans out properly, it's that replayable, where um, the gameplay I think will be fine, I mean, you gotta go in there with reasonable expectations, right, Obsidian's never been known for their gameplay, and in my opinion, these are the, the sharpest systems and gameplay that their titles have seen yet you know system wise i'd say new vegas obviously edges it out but when i mean by that i mean how everything's interconnected and, and works together and how expansive it is it's, it's quite impressive that it's an obsidian game although it's strange because they're trying to market it as a big game but they're also in interviews saying like yeah, it's a 15 to 40 hour games dot triple and all that stuff so uh, it's quite interesting um, did they confirm how many companions would be in the game? This comes from at enter username. Uh, they never did confirm how many companions would be in the title. He also asked, is there a weapon similar to the Fat Man from Fallout? That would probably fall under the science weaponry. I did not see that, but um, as far as I know, there was not a confirmation on companions that would be in the game. We know there's Parvati, Nyoka, um, and we saw two others. I think one was Ellie. And another was some guy. So far we know only a four. I want to say though there will probably be eight. And I'm happy that they're sort of keeping the companion stuff down. Because the companion uh, part of the the demo I played was the most I experienced. And it was very interesting. It was very entertaining. So uh, I'm glad they're keeping that close to their chest. And I try to strike that balance personally as someone who covers these games. Of keeping myself in the dark on certain things. That would make the game more enjoyable for me. But also giving you guys accurate, honest, and to the moment coverage so this one comes from games and groceries uh games and groceries is actually a podcast i guess it on if you guys want to get to know me better um this is one that you should definitely give a listen to it's hosted by uh adam a friend of mine he is also a patron um great show really awesome guy um with his wife liz awesome person as well um i'd appreciate you guys giving them a look but he asks does it have any elements to be a contender for Game of the Year, or will this only be a cat- in categories like Best RPG, etc.? Kind of a tough question, since it hasn't had its full release yet, but did you see anything that sticks out from other 2019 releases? Now, I thought this was a great question because I know some people will scoff and go, how can Maddie tell if it's a Game, in the year, game of the Year contender or not? And I can't. But I think... The second part of his question is really important. He says, Did you see anything that sticks out from other 2019 releases? And yeah, that's what makes it such a unique game and why I'm so excited for it is because for my audience, for myself personally, you know, th- this is a game that represents, in many ways, fundamentally the types of titles I grew up on and also grew my channel off of, right? Like, we love the Fallout 3, New Vegas, and the old Fallouts. And this game has a lot of that DNA in there. So for me, it's like, yeah, we've seen this stuff before. It's just been so long since we've actually seen these systems. Like the way the text boxes are, the way that the camera zooms in on the person you're talking to and it sort of stays there locked in place, uh, that type of stuff. It can be considered finicky and janky, which is why it's not going to hit any Game of the Year list for people who don't obsess over this stuff like I do. But I personally think that's stuff that makes it stand out because it's unapologetically what it wants to be. It, it wants to be a a semi-open um, RPG, kind of like KOTOR, um, kind of like Fallout New Vegas. And I think from what I played, it successfully does that. So uh, yeah, it would definitely land in best RPG category. I think it'd be silly to not have this game in the conversation. Not saying it is one of the best, but it's going to be discussed if it should be on that list in the first place. But game of the year-wise, um, I didn't see... The amount of polish there, the amount of um, triple anus, so to say. Is that even a a term? The triple (laughs) anus that's in this game. Uh, You know, you just look at a God of War versus the the Outer Worlds, right? There's just a complete different level of budget there. Um, Oh, I forgot. I never told you guys why the podcast will be different on my end. I apologize. I'm going to interrupt the questions for a second because I was about to move on and it just hit me. Uh, The reason it's different on my end, because I said to you guys, you know, it's a solo show. But the reason it's different on my end I'm doing this in bed. It's it's thundering a little bit. It's uh, starting to rain here, and I thought, you know, this would be kind of cozy. Let me just try this out. So uh, that's what's different on my end. I don't think anything sounds different for you guys. Uh, the mic's currently sitting on my fluffy dog blanket. So yeah, get yourself a podcaster who does his shows in bed. Tell me, tell me how many do that, and tell me how many of do them. Wait, how on? Tell me how many of them do them great as well. I, I tried to get that out with stuttering, and uh, well, here we are. Anyway. Uh, let's keep on scrolling here because this one was a statement, not a question. Uh, here we go at the Nuka Cola man. How confident are you about its release? I haven't pre-ordered anything in years because of bad shit happening, but this is the first one I'm considering and I don't want to be burned again. So I have an interesting take on pre-orders cause I know I'm very, you know, consumer friendly on my channel. I'm for the buyer. Not the seller, um, but in this situation here, um, when it comes to pre-ordering, it's always an interesting line to straddle because I feel like I always pre-order games. I don't anymore because you know, number one, I, I wait for reviews. If I can't get a review code, and that's part two, right? Is is you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have some of these games dispersed to me um, free of cost until I usually pay for them. If I have the means to do so, I, I pay for them um during my review process. So my money's on the line. I got that little tip from Carrick, and I think it makes my reviews a little more authentic because I know my money's on the table and what I'm playing was money spent. Um, but anyway, uh, when it comes to pre-ordering, I, I always pre-ordered games originally because uh, not to secure my copy, but because I knew I was interested in something. And so my suggestion is I liked what was there, right? And I wouldn't let that be the definitive thing, but if you see this game and it speaks to you and, and what you like, um, whether you believe it was in a controlled environment or not, um, I personally didn't think it was because we, we saw the PAX East demo for uh, the Outer Worlds. I mean, for God's sakes, they brought the game out there and showed 20 minutes of the title without any dialogue or anything, man. It was just like a very janky demo just to show off the game a little bit more. And um, I so I, I feel like there's been a level of transparency with this company. Uh, where, where I would f- have, if I were in your shoes, feel comfortable pre-ordering. Um, but you know, the other thing is, I also look at it where sometimes you just got to cut through the weeds of these reviews. Like you, you may hear one of my reviews or one of character reviews or one one IGN's, uh, whoever, and um, they may steer you away from a game or toward a game and then you play it and you either like it or don't like it, right? So, for example, a lot of people talk about this title now, I'd say it's Mario Odyssey. Um, This is a game that ranked stupidly high on Metacritic, but I've seen countless people buy it uh, and go, why is this ranked so high? I don't think it's that great. And, and I think the people who ranked it higher, A, the people who love Mario. Uh, B, there is this cool thing called the Nintendo Bump, which exists for a lot of prolific developer... Bro, bleh, bleh, I can't talk this podcast. What are we, 13 minutes in? Carrick's got to get me under control, man. <laughs> uh, but prolific developers, um, like I, I'd say like... Uh, Kojima, um, I'd say, or during the golden era of Bethesda game studios, there, there might've been a bump because, you know, people were much more forgiving of their bugs and glitches, uh, compared to how they are nowadays. But, um, yeah, man, it's really up to you on, on whether or not you want to cut through those weeds and try out this game for yourself. I, am a believer that, hey man, if you, if you like what what's there, you know, go pick it up. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think pre-ordering sometimes gets a bad stigma, um, because people are like, developers are getting their money, uh, or publishers are getting your money before you've even bought the product. Now, I think pre-ordering is bad if, like, the game gets announced as a CGI trailer. Like, if, if you pre order Starfield right now, I, 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 think that's really stupid. Like, I'm not gonna cut my, curve my words there. I think that'd be really stupid. We know nothing about Starfield other than it's in space. Uh, but when you know about the product enough and what are we, like, a month and a half out? Yeah, dude, go pre-order if you like what you saw there. Um, but, but if you are scared of being burned, then wait for reviews there, there's nothing wrong with being patient you know. because for me if I were not a content creator I always say to people I'd, I'd still probably be grinding out on my PS2 sometimes like I would not be playing every single game that came out uh, I think modern gaming in many ways is great but I also think in many ways it sucks there's a lot more duds nowadays uh, but there's also some super excellent games out there um, but I, I definitely would advise, advise caution it's really up to you personally but that's my advice there um cam c king dom ruler asks do you feel like it's a game you will go back two years later loaded question i know but hey uh mm, yeah that is a loaded question it's hard to tell um if i know i'll be going back to it um i've noticed with me there are very few single player games that i go back to an absolute ton unless it's, like, RPG that's really good. I've gone back to Dragon Age Inquisition, or no, oh, God, whoa, 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 whoa! what just almost came out of my mouth? I promise you, I have never touched that game since I beat it, holy smokes. Whew, close call. Dragon Age Origins was actually the title I was going to say. Dragon Age Origins I've gone back to multiple times. KOTOR, obviously, you guys have heard me a bunch of times about that. Um, Persona 4, what else is on that list? Fallout, of course um, and there are times I'll go back, like, recently I went back to Spider-Man, just a web swing in in New York City, and and just be a part of that world, it takes a really, really, really good game, but it also can take just a great RPG, like, Vampyr was one of my favorite games of last year, as a top three game, uh, definitely not one of, like, the best games of the generation, I'd say it'd be up there, like, in the terms of RPG mechanics, and systems, and new ideas, and an interesting world, but, um, not like the best game of all time, but I went back to that because its RPG systems were fun to toy around with, and the Outer World seems to have that. So I can definitely see this being a game I go back to years later. Um, part of that is also is modding going to be on the table? If modding's on the table, absolutely, and you'll see this game be a part of my channel for years and years, just like a Fallout game would be. And that's kind of the dream, right? You know this this game is right up our alley. Do you think the Switch version will be worthwhile? Asks Grand Lotus ninety six. I want to get it because I don't care about visuals as much as I do content, but if they cut content for the Switch version, I wouldn't like it. I I feel like with Switch versions, you see the adverse effect. I don't think I remember a Switch version that released and had content cut from it. And as far as I'm concerned, even if it's a 2015 game, if The Witcher 3 can squeeze onto the Switch with all of its DLC, one of the games I thought would just do base game only, uh, we'll see how it runs, but... If that can happen, I, I believe strongly the Outer Worlds will, will be just fine on the Switch. Um, I don't know. It, once again, it depends how much you demand this game right now. If there's other games you're targeting in the fall and you'd have more money for those and you, you love the idea of a Switch version for the Outer Worlds, absolutely wait, right? Because then you'll have reviews that you can go based off the base game and then you can wait for reviews for the Switch version and and find out more about performance. So in my opinion, yeah, it, it might be worth waiting. Um, just because you don't care about visuals, you care about content. I'm very much in the same boat. I'll note visuals in my reviews and especially in my brutally honest opinion about The Outer Worlds. It's a very pretty game. I love the visuals in that game because it's it's got such a rich art style. Um, but it's not what, actually, like I'd say, absolutely sells me on a game. So uh, there you go, Austin. Hope I helped... Uh, if I like Fallout New Vegas while well, I like this, asks Isari, Isari John, I apologize if I said your name wrong, uh, but his Twitter name is not my real name. So I guess that's, that's not his name in his, uh, his at, but, uh, if you like Fallout New Vegas, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll like this game. There's a lot of DNA there. Um, that's from New Vegas. Uh, I guess it's just what's great about New Vegas is not only the amount of fates of people and towns and the really just the world that you can change but it's also the different ways you can play the title and the perk system i will say the perk system lacks a little bit compared to new vegas new vegas for example you'll have like 10 survival and like 15 medicine and so you can unlock a special perk with that skill set it does not work like that in the outer world so keep that in mind for the gameplay system that that's not what you're getting into what happens is you get like perk points and you spend those perk points on tiers, and as you get more perks, like five perks in tier one unlocks tier two, um, and obviously in the supernova difficulty, when you accept a flaw, you get, an, a, bon- you get a bonus perk point. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's structured like that. It's still deep, but um, just know that's the difference from New Vegas, in my opinion, that I mainly saw. Uh, how well does it run on a scale of Ubisoft to Doom twenty sixteen? Asks Mister Shadowkin. Um, I didn't have anything I noticed in my gameplay that chugged and I, I had to edit my gameplay a little bit cause my voice volume was, was pretty low off the rip. And I thought that was just because the game was fairly mute. The rest of my volume was maxed out. Um, but my voice volume was low. Um, but anyway, when I went into those, uh, when I looked around and, and was told, uh, people were watching gameplay, um, um, Grimblade, one of I feel like I mentioned him every podcast, but he mentioned that in Juicehead's gameplay video, he saw a little bit of chugging, and I, I don't, I don't talk about performance in 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 previews because I've never, and I can almost guarantee will never be flown out by a company have my hotel paid for for them to have me play the most jank busted game of all time right like there's no shot that ever happens these companies pay for like top end pcs they make sure that they run the game damn well the the pcs are literally bought for these previews uh you can even see like when when they tab out of the game like there's just folders dedicated to this game and and this coverage so um I don't trust the whole uh, performance thing until I get my hands on the final product. That's why I don't talk about it much. But what I did play ran well. What I heard for Juicehead, um, it chugged ever so slightly every now and then. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. Lament111 asks, how memorable is the lore and characters? Is it like a how-do-you-do fellow kids or is it more interesting and realistic? I doubt it will be, but I'm just worried that things will be cringy. Uh, no, nah, don't worry about that. Uh, definitely, nothing I experienced was cringy. Um, and trust me, Wolfenstein Youngblood's got us covered on that. <laughs> uh, the lore is ex- is especially interesting because I was actually not super into the lore for the Outer Worlds. I was more so into it for um, its mechanics. I was into it because it was a type of game that was right up my alley, and the lore was sort of like a, 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 a like down the list and yeah man when i was i always go back to this example and i'm going to use it again when i learned the truth behind monarch uh and like how the planet got terraformed and, and how the plan came into place like that was awesome stuff and if you're curious i don't think it's a major spoiler um it's in my my hour plus gameplay on my channel um it is awesome it is such a cool bit of info so it definitely made me more optimistic for the lore so uh, in, in my opinion I, i'd say it has a chance to be memorable um Anthony at Toasty Sofa asks, are you worried about the recycled New Vegas ideas will feel old and lazy? I think that's what people want. It doesn't feel that way, but I think that's what people want. Uh, They they really want for this game to be just another New Vegas. So yeah, I I, I think if that complaint starts coming around, the the world will end. I haven't heard anything negative about New Vegas in a while. (laughs) I'm not saying I want to, but uh, I'd be be super shocked if people started complaining about that. Uh, Papa Bless YouTube says... How does the gunplay feel, and what was the VATS-like feature? Um, If you were able to make any big choices, did they actually affect anything? Love your channel, man. Keep it up. Well, thank you for the love, first of all. Uh, First one on this list to say that, by the way. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So, gunplay felt sharp. I I, I rated it around Fallout 4. Um, Good RPG shooting, is is what I'd say in that that case. Uh, The VATS-like feature, uh, tactical time dilation, TTD a um, lot more useful than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be kind of useful because I play a ton of shooters. I play a, a ton of skill-based shooters. So um, like like Battalion, um, I know, I know. I don't play Counter-Strike. I, I know, I know. Go ahead, grill me. But I, I'm just not interested in that. But Battalion's up my alley because it's World War II. Um, I play Smite, which involves a lot of skill shots. Um, So for me... I didn't think I'd need TTD, but turns out it's really helpful for high level enemies. You can like blind them, cripple them, whatever, and these status effects are really impactful, and then there are perks that you can use to buff that. So once again, RPG systems come into play. Uh Daniel5432154 Dude, why? Why? Why so many numbers in your at? Why, bro? Uh he, <laughs> he has. Can you play the game with no companions? Uh yes you can. There are lone wolf perks that reinforce that, in fact. So Um, it makes you stronger for being by yourself there's a skill that lets you speak better by yourself it increases all speech skills by 10 Uh, so really good stuff there Um, you can absolutely play this game by yourself Um, what other games would you compare the feeling of this one to ask sumo linked Um, i've kind of over gone over it before i'll say it again definitely the original fallout 3 slash new vegas those immediately come to mind um but it's also its own thing there's no like story, or sci-fi feel like that, and in fact, this game might hit well with a lot of people because of its sci-fi nature, um, think of what's happened in Mass Effect, like, is there, you know, No Man's Sky is kind of rising up, but that game's style, uh, just doesn't sync with me well, um, I, pl- I went back for No Man's Sky next, character and I did, like, a, a dual critique on it, and, um, yeah, it just didn't synchronize with me well, um, so for me, this is also exciting, because it's a chance to get into a, a sci-fi, universe for the first time in a while uh twitchy tango asks can I kill anything I come across and also why is epic games so scummy and taking all the exclusivities uh we've talked about the epic games exclusivity stuff to death on the channel um so I'm just gonna leave that out of the conversation just cause if you guys wanna know my thoughts I have so many videos on it but, but long story short I, I think yeah it's pretty shitty um I get them trying to compete but I think they're going about it the wrong way um can I kill anything I've come across, though? Yes, that's what I've been told. Uh, I also was told in my interview, which is going to be airing in a couple of days after, this, or actually a day after the show, I think. Yeah, I have it scheduled for Tuesday. Um, I interviewed the sen- senior narrative designer, I believe she was, and uh, she said that you can go through the game without killing anybody. So that was a confirmation. That was something we did not know previously, and now we do know. Um, oh my gosh, and lot, two of the last questions, uh, Cricket Man and uh, Bit Informant asked... Does it have a New Vegas feel, or is it all on so, its own? Is it like New Vegas? So a lot of you guys want to know if it's like New Vegas, and you know, I've answered that one to death. Um The last Twitter question is from the Lemmy B. Is this the kind of game you will one day use in an example of why you love gaming, or does it miss the mark? Um now a lot of people will go like, Oh, you can't tell that immediately, Maddie, but there are there are situations like, um <clears throat> Pardon me. I need to take a sip of water actually ah, man, doing these by yourself just strange your voice, um, anyway, what what was I answering, um, oh, yeah, like, there are games I've finished where I just instantly knew, like, this is one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm not hype-beasted now, I'm not in the honeymoon phase, like, this is absolutely one of the best games I ever played, um, the most recent example of that being, uh, oh, apologies, that was my computer letting me know the battery's low, but anyway, um, one of the one of the best examples is near automata so when I when I put down the outer worlds I was excited for the future but I feel that's a game's experience I need to complete um, I definitely walked away with some some gripes you know like I said the the HUD annoyed me um, I was definitely bothered by the lack of music ambient music that was just a pet peeve of mine essentially but I think it's really important for aesthetic and atmosphere um, anyway That's generally my take on all of your Twitter questions. I appreciate all of you chiming in for that. Let's get to the Patreon questions before my laptop dies. Um, All right. So HR Hodes 1518 asks, what space would you like to see? Oh, I'm sorry. What time period? uh Oh, hold on. Sorry. The the way this question is worded. Okay, I get it now. What time period slash style of game? Medieval, feudal Japan, Midwest, space? Would you like to see a stealth-based game in um, feudal Japan? Just, just like you know, I, I always think of when I think of feudal Japan and stealth, I think of I think it's uh, Sly Four by Senzaru Games. Uh, the first chapter, you're in Japan, and, and one of Sly's ancestors is a sushi chef. Uh, I just can't, I can't believe they're bringing back that ch- series in a TV show. And they're not doing a game. That boggles my freaking mind. I I really am stunned. Like, that is a series that people would go nuts over. I'm, I'm not even a, a, a PlayStation YouTuber. I'm not, like, an Xbox YouTuber or a PC YouTuber either. I'm just, like, a YouTuber who talks about games. But, like, I'm not known for those types of games. You bet your butt, though, I'm covering Sly Cooper. Like, what? That, that series defined my childhood. T- Sly 2 was one of my favorite games of all time. Still is in my top five. Johnsonville. I hear a lot about the Deus Ex series, but I've never given any of the games a try. Is it worth it jumping into now? If so, what game should I start with? Um, I have an interesting opinion on the Deus Ex series. Um, for me personally, I you know I, I sit on the side of... I like the series. I, I played Mankind Divided. That was my first one. Uh, it was enjoyable, but it does one of these things. I think it was in the director's cut. Um, but it does one of those things that bugs me in role-playing titles. And uh, it's where it level ones you in the middle of the game. So you're you're doing all this leveling up. You're making all this progress. And then you get to a point in the story where they're like, all your shit's gone, everything. and And you do get it after this section. But it's like that section just stinks. It's like why make me build up, have a plan, you know, mapping out how my character is, I want to play this way, to level one me and have me restart, and yeah, they accelerate the leveling a little bit, and it gives you this, like, faux level of progression, and I just don't like it, and I'm sure AC Denton, one of our patrons, who loves the Deus Ex series so much, I'm sure he's, he's throwing a shit connection right now, <laughs> listening to this, but uh, he actually answered his question and said, uh, yes, Deus X 1 with GMDX installed, if you can't handle that, then play DX revision so uh he's definitely like a deus ex expert loves the series so i take what he's saying uh over what i'm saying uh in the terms of where you should start that's just my opinion on the franchise i don't think it's too late to start up i just know that was human revolution human revolution was the second one that's the one i started with mankind divided was the third one that's the one that had like a i think apparently a soft ending i heard because it was split into two games and now. Um, The company who worked on that is now working on Avengers. And so I'm kind of nervous for the future of Deus Ex. So I want to know that second half is coming before I get into Mankind Divided. Um, Anyway, moving on. Grimblade asks, there has been a lot of discussion about the big hallmark feature of next gen. um, And I would like to see a massive improvement in game physics. What is one area of game physics you would like to see improved the most? Oh, man. That's a very nuanced question. Um, I always think of one time Noah, former host of the Ham Radio podcast, for those who are new or don't remember. um, Noah sent me for Borderlands 2. This is back when I was playing on the 360. This is before the game came out. He sent me a NVIDIA trailer for Borderlands 2 on the PC, and it had a special physics program where there was like a tarp draped over like a fence in the level and the wind would blow and you'd see it like realistically moving um, the tarp. And so I think that type of stuff makes environments lifelike instead of everything being like a still asset. I'd love to see that. Um, On top of that, I'd also like to see realistic hair. Um, A lot of times we see games where like the the hair is designed to flow in the wind, but sometimes you'll see it like pick up over the back of the character's head and drape in the front um, and it gets all tangled and caught up. I'm sure there are countless examples we could come up with. I've just experienced it a lot where I think I've seen it in Souls games more so or Neo. One of those two. Um, th- those bother me. So I'd like to see hair physics improve. Um, oh, oh my God. The Witcher 3. I think that one had awful hair physics if Geralt had long hair. Um, so that type of stuff bugs me. I would like to see that be improved for sure because I'm just I love hair in real life. And I, I, and I, I want to make sure that my hair is accurate in game too. Um, all right, we also have Holzer. What game that you've played has the best AI? Oh my gosh, uh, you know, I think of like titles like XCOM that like really pushed me to my limits despite it being AI, you know. Um, part of it's because they hit hard, but it never felt unfair. Um, I feel like I'd say Dark Souls, but that's like a Almost you're manipulating the AI because you, you learn it so well. You know, like, where's their weak spot? What what can't they do? And you're almost like breaking the computer. Um, hmm. Really tough question to answer. Um, the Last of Us had excellent AI. I thought the way they, they flanked you, the communication they had, just next level, man. There's still not much like that. There's still not much like that. And that's kind of sad. And suddenly things may sound a little bit different based off the setup. Uh, my, my laptop died in the middle of recording, which is always great, right? You come up with this cool, fun idea, you make the podcast a little, a little more comfortable for yourself, and you get punished for it. God forbid we lay in our bed and record our shows. But anyway, I'm just kidding. We're back at the desk. Um, so I was in the middle of answering a question about what game has the best AI and yeah, it's sad that the, the Last of Us is a title that I feel has yet to have its AI replicated. That That is just a fantastic example. Um, next question comes from Destroy the Grave. This is Adam who hosts Games and Groceries. Uh, once again, really recommend you guys watch the episode I was on. It's awesome, man. I never get interviewed, so I'd appreciate you guys taking that, a look at that if, if you want to get to know me better, um, like how I responded to like the whole rag situation personally and how I tried to turn my channel around, all that stuff—really uh, insightful stuff, I feel. But he asks, "What are your personal definitions of success?" Um, so I cannot speak for Carrick, but for me, you know, it's this. This is going to be—it's going to get real, folks. It's going to get real because I go, I go back and forth on success a lot, right? Like there are sometimes like i feel invincible i'm like i am the most successful man on the planet um and i i feel like i not to an arrogance standpoint by the way i should clarify that but i i feel like i would feel you know continuously like that level of confidence if social media didn't exist um it's never caused me any type of like mental health problems but sometimes you feel like you're not doing enough sometimes you feel like you're um you're not succeeding as much as you are. Like, it's easy, for example, for me to look at... We'll say a perfect example. Keep it on the Outer Worlds. You know, we just went to this event. You know, we're all posting our coverage. And I'm sure there's someone out there who went to this event who's outperforming me somewhere. Like, maybe they did a leveling guide. And and, and whether it was better or not, who cares? They might be outperforming me. And uh, and nowadays, you know, that's what happens. The, the higher numbers you get, you know, that's how you, you can make your living. You know, we eat too. And, um... Yeah, man, it, it, like, you know, you could look at that and just and feel like, oh, man, I'm not worth it. I'm not doing that well. Um, but what I do, I, I make sure to try to strip that out of my mind as much as possible. It's sometimes hard not to feel incompetent, but you got to be able to transform that into a positive thing. So when I start to feel that way, uh, like I did a couple of weeks ago where I clicked send tweet on like a really sappy thing, and I, I mean, tons of people really sent me some love, like big time love, like lots of YouTubers who I hadn't heard from in a while, um, who were saying they were feeling the same thing, but also, um, people I, you know, like I said, I hadn't heard from in a while, friends and whatnot, uh, all like friends called me. It was kind of crazy. Like I just didn't expect that. Um, when I was just like, Hey guys, I kind of feel like a failure lately. I'm not trying to say it cause I sound entitled, but like some stuff that I thought would be performing better isn't. And I'm just like kind of nervous and not feeling good. And, uh, a lot of people came to bad for me. And why I'm saying this is because um, you can turn that into a positive thing where you use it to charge forward like I did. I was like, okay, like this, like July was the worst month of the year for me. Um, when it came to some emotional stuff, but also for my channel, like the channel uh, still did well enough, but it didn't perform to any of my standards and it's a dead month in the year, but I try you know, I foolishly expect like there's not going to be a dead month. But anyway, what I did was I was like, okay, I, at this point it was like, uh, I knew I traveled out to the outer worlds. I was like, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to grind on this content, not to the point where I get sick or anything, but I'm going to grind on this content. Um, I'm going to another event later on. I'm going to work hard for that. Um, I have this big project I'm finally going to announce to my audience within the next like month and a half, two months, I'd say, um, like this is it. This is my time to shine. And so you turn it into something positive. So my definition of success becomes what makes you feel good, um, through accomplishment. Um, for me, I've been accomplishing a lot lately and even little things like I built a deck in Dragon Ball Super. I tested it online and I absolutely smoked people. And I was like, I'm successful at this too. I'm successful at playing a card game. um, Nowadays take your small victories. They make them as big as your biggest victories, right? Like I think that's so important is to 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 celebrate yourself. Some people try to be humble and uh you should be, but there's an extent where um I became so humble that when I did something like fantastic, I didn't react to it. Um I didn't go like, "Damn, that, you know, like that was awesome of me." Like when I like scored my first goal in hockey, my friends were like, you know, celebrating like, "Dude, nice job." And like I was just like, "Yeah." big deal, you know, and, and and that's just, that's not me, first of all, um, and that's when you kind of know it's a problem, you're like, okay, I gotta celebrate stuff, and not force it, but like, you know, allow myself to, I was afraid of looking like a cocky douchebag, um, and so part of success is when you reach it, allow yourself to recognize it, and, and celebrate it, um, this is, this is why I want to do, um, an IRL kind of podcast advice talk show, because, well, I feel I have great insight on games. I think sometimes my insight on life can be better. Um, I've I've been told endless amount of times that like my way of talking through situations and helping folks out um, has, has been really good, so um, we'll see where that goes. I got some ideas, but yeah, man, um, success should never be determined by a number. It's really hard not to feel that way in this type of game. Um I'm just speaking from personal experience. I'm not telling you guys how you should view success, but for me, my success, I I think a lot of it boils down to a job um, because I I love working. I love my job. Um, So a lot of it is if my channel is doing well, I I feel successful. I feel like my hard work is paying off and gaining your attention, your respect more importantly. And so it feels great. Um, On the other hand though, success is happiness. I feel successful because I have a loving family. I feel successful because... Uh, I have the best girlfriend I could ever ask for. You know, I feel successful because of that type of stuff. Um, I have wonderful friends, and and they—that's a success in its own right. Good friends nowadays is such a freaking rare thing. If you couldn't tell, uh, you know, faithful, loyal, incredible woman—I um, wouldn't say it's super rare, but it it can feel that way sometimes. Um, at least in my day when, you know, when I was trying to date, uh, it can be really tough to come across. And when you find like that person who's clearly the one, like that's an, that's a success. Um, so, so what I guess my theme here is just celebrate yourself, celebrate yourself where you can, when you can feel good about the things. Um, but I'm not one of those people who's like, you got good grades, you're successful. You know, I know people who are like, you know, straight A's and, and, and they really haven't gone much of anywhere. And it's like. Uh it's not about the grades I feel it's about what you do with yourself. Um so take with that what you will that is my definition of success. Last question goes to Fat Ragnar. Do you guys think that this Blizzard hate is unnecessary? Yeah, that uh yeah, they have made really dumb decisions in the past but with classic right around the corner and Roll Queue coming to Overwatch it just seems dumb that people think everything Blizzard does is bad. So this is a situation I haven't paid close attention to. Um I actually wasn't aware that there was this Blizzard hate train. I noticed it a little bit. People would get on their back about Overwatch with their lack of balancing and how they just completely ruined Mercy. Um, And admittedly, Overwatch being, uh, in its first handful of seasons, one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. Like, Smite is probably my favorite multiplayer game ever. Overwatch was in that talk for a while. Uh, If it remained on the same course, but it's not there anymore because I don't play it anymore, and I have far more hours in Smite in total. But um I still think that what I played when I went back about I think it was really early in the year, I think it was in January, I went back and played and I had a really good time. Um I thought it was I thought it was fun still, but I, I understand there's a whole another element. There's competitive stuff. Um and the reason I, I, I understand and get that is because I, I play competitive Call of Duty for fun with friends, and there's like, yeah, these are good in pubs, but these are good in competitive matches type of um guns. Um, I play Dragon Ball Super, the card game, competitively, like, for winnings, for prizes, and I know that there's stuff I can come in and say, this is what we call a fun deck. Like, this is a fun deck. Like, I'm not gonna win with this deck. This is not gonna blow your socks off, but it's, like, I'm gonna see how far I can get with a fun deck. It's, like, definition of insanity type stuff. Um, but then there's competitive meta decks. So, um, I understand there's a whole nother section there. I played Overwatch's competitive mode for a while, though. Um... But yeah, I, uh, I don't think Roll Queue solves Overwatch's issues. I heard that a lot of it was with hero balance. Um, maybe that's just me, though. But that, that's kind of just what I've heard overall. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that'll conclude episode 213 of the Ham Radio podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I kept it entertaining for you guys, despite not having my wonderful co-host, Carrick, across the web from me. Um, I try my best, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, And thank you for the amazing questions on both the Outer Worlds, life itself, and um, anything random and gaming related. We'll be back next week. Um, It will upload on a Sunday as per usual. I don't like uploading the podcast on weekdays, trust me. Um, But I just want to make sure this weekend I prioritized getting out uh, the the meaty part of my coverage, which is like the top five list, the leveling system breakdown, the brutally honest opinion, and raw gameplay for those who want to just see what this title is all about um, so with all of that said, thank you for your time. You can hear my, my fan from my laptop starting to pick up too here. Thank you guys so much. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Stay sexy, stay active. I love you all. Peace.